And it is with great honor and privilege that I introduce to you our teacher and spiritual director, Reverend Dr. Patrick Kamen. And also, I'm going to call him the Crystal Man. Well, thank you. All right, I'm going to invite you to uh, sing a song with me and say a prayer. And so, as I mentioned uh, earlier, let's let this opportunity be mindful and purposeful in terms of our own spirituality. And so, in that, in that uh, context, what I'd like to invite you to do is set the intention for one another and for ourselves that with each breath that we take, that each moment that passes, that we continue to open and expand, revealing our true nature, that source nature, that divinity that lives within all of us, and we're, to continue to amplify that today. And so it's really done through willingness, through surrender, through openness, and through agreement. And so with that said, if you'd like to stand with me and sing, please feel free. Otherwise, stay seated. And then we'll move into a, an affirmative prayer. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room. This very room in this very room and why do I invite you to know with me in this moment as we come together energetically and honoring not just my words but the consciousness upon the words which is something that is available to all of us that there is a presence and a power that is rich and wonderful here now it is spirit's life it is divinity it is love it is beauty it is who and what we are we recognize it so beautifully because it is who we are and so in honoring that life force and as we open our ourselves to it in this moment and knowing in that relationship that it deepens and it is who and what we are who and what I am and so I'm so grateful for the guidance. I'm so grateful for this life. I'm so grateful to understand the opportunity, the joy and the celebration of being alive, of choosing moment by no moment, of being allowed to reveal newness in my life. This is our opportunity. This is our joy. This is our celebration. Dr. Ernest Holmes said our, our true nature is one of abundance and freedom. And I say yes to that and I claim that in my own way. And I celebrate you and agree with you as you claim it for yourself. This is a new year, a new start. Let us know that this year is filled with blessings, opportunities, insights, awarenesses, a deep, deep abiding shift and change that reflects a greater expression of spirit in our lives. For this I give thanks. 
I give thanks for the music today, for ears to hear, for eyes to see, for the beauty that I look upon this world and see and choose to see, to stand in this hopeful and happy repose with you and understand that this is my life to guide, direct, influence, and to stand in co-creation with the infinite in that deep and beautiful conversation. For this, I give thanks for all the grace, all the beauty, all the joy, all the abundance. Releasing these words, knowing that each and every one of us is fully supported in each moment, for this is our agreement declaration. Together we say, and so it is. Amen. Yes. Beautiful stuff. Today I want to do, uh, um, talk about, because this month's theme is study, and I wanted to um, talk a bit about uh, how we've put that together in terms of our year of spiritual practice. And study is really important, and I think study is, is also so uh, uh, impactful when we, we observe our own life and how we interact with our lives. And so today, the, 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 the topic or the, the title of the sharing is Shifting the Energy with, with Grace and Power. Shifting the Energy with Grace and Power. Because we'd all like, I think we all know at some level that there's, there's uh, Dr. Holmes called it divine discontent. There are situations, conditions in our lives that we'd like to shift and change. And many times we approach them as we approach other things. Uh, in our lives and it's as if we have to sort of destroy or crush or banish them from our experience or whatever it may be. But there's, a, there's another way to approach this because this is not a sprint, this is a marathon. And so <clears throat> what happens for us many times is there's good in our lives. And, and, and good is a really wonderful thing. It's, it's, an, it's, it's, it's an extra O for the word God. But good is a wonderful thing, but many times good can become the enemy of the great. And, and so when I look at that for myself and, and look at the things that I consider good in my life, are they limiting the possibility of great in my life? And it's not something that, I've, that I don't want to color this as wrong or bad or, or uh, uh, ineffective in some way, but simply to say, is there a larger opportunity here? Is there a bigger idea that's seeking expression? And so for, for myself to simplify it and to filter it down, and then I can ask myself, what is the one thing that I could do or that you could do? What is the one thing in my life that I could do, shift, change, alter, transform that would make everything else different and, and perhaps more beautiful. I don't want to say easy because I don't think life is easy. But what, what would be the one thing that I could shift or change in my, in, in my mindset, in my consciousness with the story that I, I bring along with me? There's, it reminds me of the story of, of we're, and we're going to do our releasing today with our, our uh, our papers, the ushers will come up and we're going to invite everybody to do some releasing today, which is a beautiful uh, ritual. And uh, we did it at the first service. Just wonderful energy here as we release, sort of collectively lift a bit of the, the burden that we carry and, and dissolve it. And so I was reminded as I was preparing of the story of the, the pilgrim that was uh, on his way to, to do a retreat. And he, he knew of this wonderful teacher and he was traveling... Um, as quickly and as fast as he could and he decided that to speed up his journey and to get there as quickly as he possibly could because he was so excited about spending time with this individual and sitting in, in uh, study and meditation with this individual he decided that he didn't need to sleep he was so excited and so he traveled at night 
And as he was walking along he, <clears throat> in the darkness, he tripped over some, um, uh, some roots from a large tree, and he stumbled and fell, and he rolled over this, this cliff. And just before he was to fall a tremendous uh, distance, he grabbed onto some vines that were hanging there. And so he found himself hanging there and hanging there, and he's yelling for help, and he's yelling into the darkness, and his voice is echoing because he's, he's hanging in the, this vast canyon. And he's, he's yelling for help. Can somebody please help me? And, and there's no answer. And finally, his, his arms start to give out. He can't hang much longer, and he's not able to climb up uh, from the position he's in. And, and uh, he finally turns to spirit, and he says, God, are you there? Can you help me? You know, please help me. I don't know what to do. I, please, I need some help here. I mean, this is, this is really serious. And as he's hanging there, all of a sudden, he hears his voice as he says, God, are you there? And he hears this, yes, I am. And he said, God, is that you? He says, yes. And he said, what should I do? I need help. He said, let go. And he said, but God, I mean, I, I, anything else I can do? He said, let go. And so he, he's hanging there a while longer, and about an hour goes by, and he's just trembling now, trying to hang on. He's hanging for dear life, of course, and he, he looks back up to the heavens and says, God, God, are you still there? And he says, yes. And he said, seriously, what can I do? I need help so badly, and I'll change my life, and I will alter everything in my life that I've done that I know that is not in alignment with your highest and, and, and greatest good. And, and God says, let go. And the guy says, God, is there anybody else up there that I can talk to about this? <laughs> but isn't it true that the guidance shows up many times, and, and, and it's so clear to us what we need to let go of, and yet we don't want to maybe follow that advice because... Well, we know better. And so I want to talk about that because I think that this ritual of letting go is so powerful, it's so potent, it creates, it creates a spaciousness. And when we do it collectively, there's just a, a lifting of, of energy that is quite beautiful. So what we need to understand, I think, that is so important about what Dr. Holmes and all the great avatars have taught over the years is that we have, we have ideas that come to us. We have things that we see in our mind's eye or we... We perceive, or, or, but we can't see them physically, and we can't hear them, and we can't touch them, but we sense them. And so it sort of calls us to a different experience. There's this divine discontent, as Dr. Holmes would say, this longing for a different experience. And what I love about Dr. Holmes' insight and awareness, and I know many others have talked about this, but we could not, I could not have this longing or this desire for a different experience if it didn't already exist if it wasn't already, already complete in the mind of, of the infinite, of divinity, of source, of spirit, I, I would not have the longing. And so what, what we know from that is then it's not that this longing or this idea, this prototype becomes a possibility. It's, it's more than a possibility. It's probable. It's probable. That to be drawn to that for whatever reason, it's probable that we will fulfill that and have that experience. And so I think it's wonderful. I love this idea of it's not just possible, but it's probable. And so how can I move, how can I shift and change myself in a way that allows that probability to be more readily available uh, to me? Because what happens for myself is that I know that as I shift and change, as I do my spiritual work, that that very thing does become more available, that the newness can show up in my life. But what has happened for myself I'll use myself as an example, is that I, it's very easy for me to become enamored, to fall in love with the current conditions of my life. And so even if it reflects conflict or discord or disagreement, there's some juice in that for me. 
And then it gives me something to do. Because we all want something to do. And I think part of the awakening, the spiritual awakening, is to understand, well, I can continue to have that argument or I continue to fight this fight, but is it moving me closer to the longing and the fulfillment of what I think is, I'm being called to? And in many times, it may not even be a, a, um, an actual experience as much as a way of being. Holmes said our natural way of being is one of abundance and freedom. Wow, our natural state of being is one of, of abundance and freedom. So one of the important and vital aspects that I know on the spiritual path of transformation is managing our resistance. And I want to flesh out resistance with you a little bit because re- resistance keeps us stuck in lack and limitation. So how do I stop thinking the thoughts that keep me away from the things I long to experience? Because ultimately, our thinking, the Buddha said, your thinking creates your world. He said that about 500 years before Jesus came upon the planet, and Jesus said, it is done unto you as you believe. And so what I have in my life, and, and all of us do, we have habits of belief. Habits of belief that are, that are active thoughts that, for the most part, my experience has been they contradict my longing. They contradict. So what I, I long for, what I know, what I sense is available is there, and, yet, and I want to step into it, and I want to experience it, and the only thing that's keeping me from it is me. I create my own resistance. Good news, bad news. Because then there's nobody to blame. It's just like, oh my gosh, there's something for me to know here. See, that's why we showed up. We are here to co-create. We are here to step into our divinity. We are here to have our life experience and realize that despite whatever has happened, that we are giving birth to a consciousness that is amazing and powerful and wonderful. That we are the thing itself, that we are connected with source and we sense that. We know who we are at our deepest levels of being, which is this divine discontent, longing to connect in a deeper way, longing to merge with the essence of who we are. And yet what happens is that that my resistance shows up, which is part of my story. We all have stories. We all have have these uh, amazing stories about our lives. But we're making this stuff up anyway. We have an experience, and and it's how we perceive it and how we decide to carry it forward that determines everything for us. And so if love was limited in our experience or we never even experienced what we would call love in our growing up, if we were not nurtured in love, but we were nurtured in some form of conditional love that if I behaved a certain way, then I would receive uh, approval. And, and, and that's a very effective tool for parenting. I'm not criticizing that, but that's a very small form of love. And so, but if that's, if that's how we were nurtured, then how do we understand anything else beyond that in terms of love? So it becomes part of my story becomes part of the journey. So the, the, but the amazing thing is, and the wonderful thing that is so, I think, uh, uh, inspiring is, is that we have the ability for constant renewal. We have the ability for constant renewal. You know what? 2013 ended last month. And we have this ability for, to renew ourselves right here and right now. Our natural state of being is one of joy. It is our natural state of being to be in non-resistance. Nothing to protect. This is life. I stand in the grace and the beauty of who and what I am. And the more that I can own that, the more that I can live from that, then there's nothing to push back at. There's nothing to have to fix. There's something to to perhaps speak for and to, and to, uh, to welcome and to be an advocate for it. It doesn't mean that we don't stand up and say, hey, I don't agree with that. You know, there's a lot of things that happen on the planet that I don't agree with that are true. But I, they don't have to be part of our lives. 
There's a lot of evil that goes on the planet. You know, this discussion comes up many times. And what do we do with evil? Well, number one, we can choose to participate in it or not. That's the first thing we can do. And if there's an opportunity for us to make a change around that, and I think we do that. I think through our spiritual practice, through our spiritual devotion, through our embodying more and more the true essence of who and what we are to live a joyful, happy life, to think joyful and happy thoughts most of the time helps, helps shift the consciousness on the planet. So what happens for us when our resistance shows up, when our resistance shows up, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to be in resistance. It doesn't feel good. We feel shut down. We feel like we're struggling or suffering. And what I would suggest to you is it might be more valuable and, and productive to take the discomfort as a, as a loving indicator. It's a loving indicator that we are missing the mark. That, there's, that, that we are, there is, a, there is a host of support available to us wanting to give, wanting to support, wanting to resource, wanting to bless us. And because I stand in my resistances, it's gotta be my way that I gotta figure it out. I'm not available to more of that. But what I know is when I'm over here fixing it and changing it all of myself, I'm, I'm pretty miserable. I gotta do it all myself. When in fact, the things that I'm long to do, I cannot possibly do by myself. And I have to step back over into my, to my connection with divinity, to my connection of source, with this love beauty, as Michael Beckwith would call it. Spirit never punishes. God is not punitive. Spirit is not punitive. Divinity does not have a vendetta against us. Our emotions are our indicators. How many of us have... Uh, do you, anybody here own a car? I own a car. Anybody own a car? A couple people here own cars. Fantastic. Because <clears throat> we're thinking about buying a bus. We'll come pick you up every Sunday morning. But I'll bet you on your car that you have a little thing on the dashboard that shows you how much gas you have. Does anybody have a thing in their car that shows how much gas you have? Yes. All right. So here's what I would say is that to, to ignore our, our emotional indicators would be to take a piece of, of uh, labeling tape and stick it over your gas gauge because you don't want to look at it. You never want to have to deal with gas again. I don't want to know how much is in the tank ever again because I don't want to look at that because gas makes me uncomfortable. And it does, but that's the other kind of gas. I'm sorry. I didn't plan that, but isn't that amazing? Oh, boy. I'm going to forgive myself right now. Okay. All right. But, but, I mean, if we understand that that indicator is there just simply to know how much fuel we have left to, to go. And if it gets low, we go fill it up. But how many of us get angry because we have to go buy gas? I know there's a few of you here. I've, I've met with you. But I mean, really, at the end of the day, don't we just say, oh, I've got to fill up? It's no big deal. And, and then we get gas. And so to take that, that context of that situation into our emotional life, go, I'm uncomfortable here. What's this all about? Well, I need to step back into spiritual connection. I need to step back into the love that I am. I need to be kind to myself. I need to soften the way I deal with myself. I would like my life to be different. And I've had all these patterns throughout my life keep showing up over and over again. It's never going to get better. I don't deserve. I'm not good enough. I hope nobody discovers all those stories we tell ourselves. We get so attached to the story and we get so attached to the environment. What if somebody called you up on your phone that you did not know and never talked to before? And you, or you're home and you pick the phone up and, and the person says to you, I'm calling you to let you know 
that I am never, ever going to talk to you again as long as you live. And you'd probably say, oh, well, okay, and thanks for calling. Good for me to know. And you'd hang the phone up. But what if, what if somebody that has been a lifelong companion, someone that you have a story with, you have history, calls up and says the same thing? It puts us into a spin of despair and upset and perhaps anger or sorrow or sadness. Isn't it interesting how we can, and so I'm not saying we shouldn't have that experience, but look at all the energy that goes into that. What if we live from the state of wisdom to realize there's some stuff going on with my friend that I don't quite understand? What if it's, it's, it's so much more about that person than it is about me? We watched a movie uh, uh, last week, The Way Way Back, and it's, a, it's a, with Steve Carell, and there's a scene at the beginning of the movie when everybody in the car is asleep, and the kid's in the way back of the station wagon, and Steve Carell's this, he's dating the mom, they're thinking about getting married, and he says to the kid while the, the mom and the, and the daughter are sleeping, you know, on a scale of one to 10, Duncan, his name's Duncan, Duncan, the dad says, Duncan, on a scale of one to 10, what, how would you rate yourself? And this kid doesn't really care for this Steve Carell's character anyway. And he says, well, maybe a six. You know, he keeps pressing him and pressing him and pressing him. And so Steve Carell says, I think you're a three. And, and later on in the story, this young boy, Duncan, meets this, this, uh, this wonderful mentor. Um, and, and he tells him what this potential stepdad said about him being a three. And he looked at him and said, you know what, kid? That ain't about you. That's about him. I thought, Amen. It's not nothing to do with somebody saying you're a three. That has nothing to do with you. That's all about them. And so when we can live from wisdom, when we can pull ourselves back, because it is disappointing when those shocks hit us, and then, and then we make it part of our story, but to, to, not make a, to not turn it into an epic. You know, when I was a kid, my dad didn't love me, or he told me I was a three, and here I am today. That wasn't about you. That was about him. His lack of ability to love, his lack of understanding the divinity of his true nature, his lack, of, his lack of awareness of the freedom that we were born into, the limitations that he was playing himself out. Grace and power invite us to give appreciation to our emotions, appreciation to how we feel. Emotional indicators that say, that can tell us, there I go again. If you've done it a million times, you've done it a million and one, and to be able to say, there I go again, with the same idea. I don't want to do this anymore. How do I shift and change that? There are lots of ordinary people out in the world. There are a ton of people out in the world that tell you the world is a scary place, and their story will convince you and I that life is hard. Bad things, bad things happen to good people. There's a book titled that, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. What about that? Why would I want to possibly be a good person? Because bad stuff could happen to me. I'm just going to keep going along the way I am. Whew, there we go. Got that figured out. I mean, and that life is scary. That there's something out there that just jumps in and pounces on you. So we have to be on guard all the time. Well, guess what? If you walk around being on guard all the time, I mean, we are creative beyond measure. We will, and we will find evidence to support that fear. Because that's how the infinite works. That becomes our prayer. I have to protect myself. I have to make sure I'm safe at all times. There's not enough. There's not enough love. There's not enough friendship. There's not enough honest people out there for me to do work with. On and on and on. And then what we attract to our, uh, to our experience is exactly that. That's the way the law works. 
So this idea that we have to protect ourselves all the time. And the reality is, the bigger truth is, the bigger idea is that we're here to create. We are here to co-create. And we're here to merge with, in a greater way to the reality and the truth of who and what we are. And it's very difficult to do when we're stuck in our resistance, which is our stories. So in order to shift this, there's some practices that we can do. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. Most people think it's, I do my affirmative prayer and then I go back to my worry. Stop being ornery, crabby, angry, miserable. Not a joy to be around. Stop it. Stop being petty, complaining, worrying, gossiping. You're probably sitting there thinking right now, well, then what am I going to (laughs) do? Well, I'll tell you what you could do. One of the ideas that floated up when I was putting this together was to stop watching television. And then I said, well, I can't stop watching television. Watch television with more determination. Watch television with more determination. Laura and I record everything. Even if we're home, we record it and we go back and we watch it because I don't want to watch the commercials. I don't want to know how many bottles of Viagra I need to have a happy sex life. (laughs) I don't want to know it's cold and flu season. Because as much as I'd like to think I'm aware and awake, I'm, you're inundated with that stuff and you need this and you've got to drive this and you've got to eat this and you've got to have that and you're going to boom, boom, boom. After a while, it's like, oh my gosh, no wonder why I feel like I'm not good enough. I don't have any of that stuff. So it's, it's, being, it's, being, it's, it's standing watch at the gate of the temple of our consciousness. What am I listening to? What conversations am I engaging in? And if people are arguing for the limitation, am I standing there agreeing with them just because it's convenient and I don't want to argue with them? Or do I have the courage to realize that they're basically throwing up on me emotionally and to say, you know what, that doesn't represent me. Can't go there with you. Because that may be a blessing to them. That may stop them in their tracks or or they may not want to talk to you anymore. You could call them up later and say, I want you to know I'm never, ever going to talk to you as long as you live. Try it out on them. What happens, what, we, what I think we need to do, rather than say, I can't, I'm going to change it, this is the beginning of the year, and I'm setting these intentions, and I'm going to change everything right now and make my whole life work differently. I'm going to be abundant, I'm going to be healthy, and I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be prosperous, I'm going to be creative, I'm going to be all about all travel the world, and all this, oh, golly, wear me out. We need to start distracting ourselves more effectively. Two things that don't bother us so much. Two things that don't feed the resistance. See, source never stops knowing who we are. Divinity never stops honoring us and who we are. Never, ever, ever. There's never a break. But we're the ones that get into resistance and we stop and then we don't make ourselves available to the experience. Some people even believe that you have to die to connect with spirit. You know anybody like that? Oh, passed away. He's at peace now. Really? because he was pretty crabby when he was alive. I don't know. It seems a little incongruent to me. I mean, this idea that we live this miserable, horrible life, and then we die, and all of a sudden we're at peace? Really? That your consciousness doesn't go with you? That something is not eternal, like all of the great traditions have said? But all that gets wiped away because you're no longer in physical form? I wonder about that. But some people believe that, and the beauty of this is we don't have to die to connect with spirit. We can do it right now. We're doing it right now. We're in this room. We've called forth. We have have recognized the one life and the one power. 
not only recognized it, but claimed it as our own. Every time I do that, I mean, I'm getting the God bumps just standing here right now. Every time I do that, I've shifted and changed. And then my, I'm informed in a different way, and, and there's an energy that moves through me, and I can feel the yes go through me. And it's a beautiful thing. We don't have to die to have that experience. Wherever we see love and beauty, wherever we express gratitude, we're in that wavelength of the infinite. Wherever we support greater good upon the planet, we're, we're ambassadors of that life force that is seeking expression through us. And how many times a day do we allow ourselves that? Because I'm in my resistance. Oh, there's not enough, and I made a mistake, and I got to do it on my own. And if I, I don't know if I'll have the energy to get there because I'm getting old. A year ago, a year ago, I started, everything started aching. Has everybody had that experience? Everything ached. My knees, my elbows, my shoulders, my neck, my back, my feet. You name it, it was aching. And so then, because I had that experience, I started making up a story. I'm getting old. Wow, there's a Hummer. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. I'm getting old. And then I realized the other day, because I was, I was with someone, and they said, you need to read a book. Because I'm in there, and I'm like telling them, oh, this hurts, this hurts, it ain't working. Every day. I felt like Rocky Balboa. Legs are going, arms are going, I can't do that. And, and, I said, and he said to me, you've got to read a book called Younger Next Year. And it was like the light went on. And I said, that's for me. Younger Next Year. Hmm, I'm going with that story. But we get to choose. We all get to choose. And it's easy to fall into those traps when we start to, to have pain. So distraction can lift our resistance. Meditation is a form of lifting distraction. Meditation, when you practice it enough, you go right into the depths of being. You reconnect with spirit and source. It takes time. But it's such a powerful tool to lift resistance. Because then you get to observe and stuff bubbles up. You go, oh, there I am judging myself. Oh, there I am uh, uh, holding myself in a small way. To only speak of hopeful and wanted things. To only speak of hopeful and wanted things is so powerful and potent. Feel the freshness of divinity. There's only that source of well-being and that we allow ourselves to feel and experience or not. I choose to experience that constantly, consistently, sequentially. You have lack or limitation alive in your consciousness and it'll tell you, as, as Holmes said, the universal, I'm not good enough. This idea of love, that love has to be earned or, or I can withhold love or that I have to chase after it. So how about softening our inner dialogue to things like from, from I'm always and forever, always and forever. I never get a break. I'm always coming up short. I always have more days at the end of the month than I have dollars. All of these things that go on and on and on. How about shifting it to, I have in the past experienced lack. Rather than claim in the moment that I live a, a small lack and limiting life, because that's affirming in the now, and spirit only hears the now. And the, the way we communicate and activate this is through our thought and through our spoken word. And so when I'm standing there saying it's always bad and it's always wrong and it's always too little too late, how about in the past I've experienced lack? How about sometimes I have the feeling, sometimes I have the feeling I'm not good enough rather than just declaring I'm not good enough. Sometimes I have the feeling I'm not good enough. Do you see the progression of this? We lift it gracefully. It's a progression. I'm looking forward to letting go of this feeling. I hate my neighbor. 
for whatever reason, and I'm looking forward to letting go of this feeling because I know there's some, something more interesting that I can give my energy to. And it's that, that I, or, I'm, or myself. I'm getting better at this every day. Or as I just said to you, younger every year. People going out for a service said, I want, to, I want younger today. I said, go for it. Go for it. Younger today. Why not? There's no race with this. It's not a race. There's no, no competition, no comparison. So let's give ourselves a break. Let's use this infinite tool and intelligence in our thought to sequentially and gradually work with ourselves. In the past, I've underestimated my abilities. Why would a loving God, you know, we, we don't teach the devil in this, in this teaching and it really troubles people because they see evil in the world and it's easy to say, well, it's the devil playing itself out and that's a popular idea. But let me ask you this, why would a loving God create an evil presence and then sig him on us or her? Why? The good news is that my determination and your determination to transform our consciousness makes our resistance more noticeable. This isn't a teaching where you come in and I'm going to change my whole life and then resistance doesn't show up. Resistance are those error beliefs and those words of resistance that come from the co-creation. They're simply beliefs that we're locked into because we've had experiences as young children and we've had experiences throughout our lives that have created our story. And so when we understand that and run, that the emotional indicator is there as my gas gauge is on my car, then I get to, wow, I'm, I need to go get filled up with some spirit here. I need spiritual practice. I need something that breaks down my resistance. Rather than blaming and shaming myself, say, oh, you know what, I'm not lost. I used to say I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing. And now I can say I'm exploring. And each day I'm discovering more and more about myself and the mystery of life and how I'm loved, supported, and resourced. It changes everything, but it's so subtle, it's so simple, rather than declaring. See, what about if you say to yourself, I love my active mind. I love my active mind. It's so creative. These ideas flow into me constantly, these opportunities, people and places and things that are in, in alignment with my highest and greatest good, and I call them forth into my experience, and I'm so blessed by the love and the support and the collaboration that's going on. I live in a world that works for everyone, and I support everyone in that activity as well as I give and receive that. All genius is, is focused thought. That's all genius is. It's just focused thought, finding a, a, a track and, and, and giving the devotion and the love to that, that thought. To give up comparing yourself to others. I'm gonna, burn, I'm gonna burn a paper for that one right now. Competition in comparison to others. I'm letting that one go right here, right now. So this, this is how this paper burns. We have not had anyone go up in a ball of flame over the last several years, I want you to know. But it, you just need to let it go. No one's even been burned. So you and I get to choose how we live from, either love or fear. Love is calling us to live from our true nature. No one is in true love. No one is in true love unless they're grounded in spirit. So when we're in loving relationships with one another, when we have a life partner, our opportunity is to stand connected with divinity. And then we look out at the other person and the eyes that we see through that at our beloved are the eyes of the divine. That's true love. 
Otherwise, it's conditional. They're not fulfilling my needs. I'm not happy with this person. And all that stuff is, I'm not saying that those things aren't real, but it's just not a form of real love. And then when we stand in that with one another, not just with our significant other, but with one another, and we see the divinity and we celebrate it because we're standing in it. But for me to declare that for you when I'm standing in lack and limitation, when I'm standing in victim consciousness, there's no energy around it. It's empty. It's just announcing. It's pretending. And so that's where love becomes beautiful. That's where love becomes potent and, 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 and just so sweet and wonderful. And then we are in alignment with that true nature of who and what we are. So what I'm going to invite you to do right now is I'm, I want you to think about just simply being available to reveal more of your divinity. And perhaps you don't know in this moment what that would, what's that going to take, what's that shift that's going to take. But you don't have to. It's just willingness, that there is a power and a presence that is supporting and loving all of us. That we stand, I'm open myself to stand in greater co-creation, that I'm willing to soften my inner dialogue, I'm willing to put down my, my fixed beliefs about limitation and lack in my own life, and know that I'm supported and resourced, that I'm not lost, that I'm simply exploring and discovering more of myself each day, that I'm putting down the complaining and the worrying and being ornery and angry and, and, and petty, and the competition with others to realize that there is, everyone is blessed with a great good. So when you come up, I'm gonna invite you to, the ushers are gonna come forward, I'm gonna invite the ushers to come forward with the baskets of the paper. As you come forward, think about that, just the availability, the open and the willingness to release whatever's alive in you, the next piece that would be potent and wonderful for you to let go of and to transform. What is the one thing, if you shifted or changed, that would make everything different, the one thing. And maybe you don't know, but say, I'm willing to be informed. I'm willing to let go. Whatever my resistance is that keeps me from that information, from that awareness, from that experience, you know infinite divine intelligence that is supporting and loving me. And so I'm gonna ask you, ladies, could you come forward and just hand them out as people come up, rather than do it one by one? So people, what we'll do, Dave, come on forward. What we'll do is have you stand here, and then as people come through, you'll just pass them. Uh, Barb, do you have some? Okay. Anyway, I'm going to invite you to come on forward. Galen has some. We'll put Galen in the middle. And so let's hold the space and let's hold the silence as much as possible as we do this. And let the energy of this, this letting go and releasing be potent and beautiful and wonderful here. there's a candle right here and there's a candle right there so we have three candles here folks
So as we, we do this together, and thank you for honoring the silence, there's, a, there's something that's quite beautiful about doing it collectively. And so we've created space within our being. We've shifted some resistance at the, with grace and with, with power. And so be mindful. For ourselves, it's an opportunity to look at life. It's not a race. It's not a competition. It's the ability to check in with ourselves, to notice the patterns in our lives. Notice the patterns in your life, and how do we shift those patterns? And, and to understand, as we notice the patterns, then we can understand the cause, to slow down, to find ways to ground ourselves, to reconnect with spirit, the truth of our being that is already there. Our resistance and our struggle with that is simply that those, those ideas and stories that get in the way of that relationship. I think this is also a form of forgiveness for ourselves. To, to cut ourselves a break. We've done the best we can with the information we had, with the situation we've had. And to, and to continue to check in with ourselves when we find ourselves saying, oh, there I go again, down that old pattern. But to catch us sooner rather than later, sooner rather than later, sooner rather than later, and to distract ourselves to things that bother us less, to give our energy and our life force to that. It's such a powerful, amazing thing and opportunity. So I thank you for your participation in this. It's a powerful thing that we do as we move forward in 2014. Next week, we'll be doing a bit more of the cleansing and, and setting in a new, new attention in a, in, a, in a new way. So I thank you so much for your support with that and your love, your openness and willingness, and so it is. Thank you.